Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 49th episode of the Manor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Roger Bodie, joined as always with my best friend and other co-host, Michael Hamilton. Michael, it's it. It's time. It's time for us to go to Baltimore, and one of us will win the Pro Tour. Which one do you think it will be? <laughs> You're a lot more confident than I am, so I guess it's got to be you this time, since I don't feel uh, very I confident. Have, I have zero confidence in myself, but I have a lot of confidence. <laughs> You, you you're actually registering the ham sandwich for this tournament, right? Like that was you, you're you're determined to prove to the world that you can do it. That you can take two pieces of bread with a thin slice of ham and some cheese and still win a flesh and blood pro tour with it. I think I'm registering a, a fairly typical Lexi deck, not not really a ham sandwich. Oh, that's a shame. Our our team's done a lot of hard work and really perfecting the ham sandwich deck i feel like <laughs> brody's done a lot yeah. of a lot of good work on it that's for sure he's gone deep on it <laughs> yeah 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 so anyways um, did i throw you I off have... with my ham sandwich deck building you, you did metaphor you did i i uh I got to yeah. keep you on your toes, buddy. You know, I can't ever let you expect, you know, what, what I got to bring to the table here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see. So, uh, uh, go ahead. You go. Go ahead. Oh, I am wholly unconfident in my choice. I have waffled as much as one possibly can waffle in the past week. I was like, I'm going to play Oldheim, and then I was like, I'm going to play Viserai, and then I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to play Kano, and then I was like, then I'm going to play Icelander, and then I was like, I'm going to play Tree Frog Dash, <laughs> and then I was like, then I'm going to play Bolton, and I beat up Bolton, or beat up our Oldheims with Bolton a whole bunch. That was real good, mm-hmm. and then I played Alexia, and I couldn't ever possibly even theoretically win a game, and then I had to put back mm-hmm. that on Bolton, and then I looked at Dromai, and then I was like, nope, and then I came all the way back around to Oldham, and look at that. We're playing Oldham at the Pro Tour crazy yeah yeah (laughs) it's actually like we put in a lot of work on bolton versus old time going into indianapolis so like it doesn't surprise me that you were beating up the old times with bolton similar things going on the old time decks shifting even more to fight other things that are not bolton Mm-hmm. Makes you sense. just beat them up. They don't have any more ice cards. There's no more, you know, really scary things happening. They just kind of are like, oh, I'll attack you with some vanilla amount of damage. Hope I don't crush you. And you're like, oh, I have a million three blocks. I'll block. You just get good value <laughs> turns. And if they ever swing their stupid hammer, you just combo them and kill them. And then you win the game. Bolton favored and old him. I'm, I'm, I'm not even being like a little facetious about that. But that's just that's just if you know the Roger Bodie ways on the hero, I guess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But you're not playing Bolton because you think there will be too many Lexis. Yeah. If you could promise me before the tournament uh, I was not going to play against a Ranger, I would take Bolton as a heartbeat. I would snap lock in Bolton if you could promise me that I would never play against a Lexi the whole tournament. Yeah, that um, seems like a really uh, deceitful promise to make. Yeah. Because I think we're both on the same page that Lexi is going to be the most played deck now, right? Yeah, yeah, I think Lexi's definitely the deck to beat. I think she has the strongest card pool right now with the new cards. <laughs> and she was not that far away before. We kind of talked about it. At Indianapolis, she was like barely outside of the top eight. And like Voltaire plus a bunch of very powerful arrows is a good recipe. And then they gave her some some very messed up cards. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Codex of Reality. Who came up with that one? <laughs> I think, <No>. really, <laughs> I think the more I think about it, the more they should just have banned every single majestic weapon out of Tales of Aria. <laughs> Duskblade, banned. Winner's Whale, banned. If they really want to nerf Flexi, if she's becoming a, an oppressive deck that we actually need to like worry about, just ban Voltaire. She's, she's fine. Like, Voltaire's kind of a messed up card. Is it? Yeah, because it's an instant. Arrow- I think arrows are not balanced around Voltaire's existence more than Voltaire is um, inherently broken. Paying a resource to put your card in Arsenal and give it go again 
That doesn't sound like a very powerful weapon to me, even if you get to do it twice in a turn. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Like the whole Ranger class is not balanced around Voltaire. That I can give you that. But like if they are designed and balanced at a certain power rate and the Voltaire is what pushes them out to a problematic level, that makes Voltaire mm-hmm. a problematic card, right? Yeah, I think... I think the biggest if ice thing cars is like, didn't exist, a winner's whale would suck. So I mean, like, I don't know what your point is here. <laughs> if not attack actions didn't exist, Duskblade would be fine. Sure, I, th- I think the arrows like are just inherently very powerful, though. Like, right, like a lot of the arrows, like, like endless arrows. Sure, a card. Can you imagine? Like, if it wasn't an arrow. If there was just a card that was like endless attack, it's just like snatch that blocks three and always draws this three block snatch instead of drawing a random card. That'd be very, very good. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like three. better than, yeah, blocks three and it draws, it doesn't draw a new card from your deck. It draws itself, which already is the best card in your, or one of the best cards in your deck. One of the best, probably the best attack in your deck. Mm-hmm. So just very, very powerful, you know? Yeah, the endless arrow loop threat that occurs that just any stage of the game now because of codex of frailty once your opponent has like snapdragon scalers and uh bullseye bracers as like their equipment choices like it's just like that arrow can just come in and be like oh here's 18 damage out of the blue off of like one resource and one card like you just need like tuna counter snaps voltaire and then bullseye bracers and it's like boom 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 18 damage i guess you need the rain racers as well but still like it's kind of messed up like it can just loop itself like that it's almost endless yeah it it is kind of an endless arrow if you will it's uh it does kind of feel similar to like the stubby hammers five things where you draw like these two specific cards and then you go off for a million damage yeah and that really wouldn't be that problematic if it wasn't for voltaire giving go again right like voltaire just letting these arrows fly loosey-goosey with just giving lexi so many action points is mm-hmm. at one half of the issue and the other half of the issue it, it is genuinely fundamentally like that it's an instant activation so like icelander for example neither of us are playing icelander right now i don't know if altair was not instant speed we would lock in that matchup would be so much better yeah, i think i think that would be a favorable matchup for icelander if altair was not an instant but it is an instant so all of your ice disruption you're just like oh i'm gonna give you a frostbite and lexi's like oh Okay, but before I actually get that frostbite, I'm going to activate Voltaire a bunch and load all my arrows. And then now that I have a frostbite, you're, you don't actually tax my Voltaire activations at all now. So good, good job. I'll just so attack with so my it, So it's your turn. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have to pay to attack. So you just, the, the biggest issue is you're doing your thing. I is like, okay, I'm going to give you a frostbite. And you're like, okay, I'll activate Voltaire, put this arrow on face up. And because I have this fancy hat called New Horizon, I can also just arsenal this other card face down. <laughs> and then it's, then you then you pass the turn and don't have to worry about the frostbite. Mm-hmm. And Icelander goes, oh, watch out. I'm going to attack you for eight damages with my Wounded Bolt because I'm behind the whole matchup. And Lexi's like, okay, I'm going to attack you for 35 damages through a Channel Lake Frigid because uh, three of a kind drew me all these blues and resource cards and none of your tax effects matter. So uh, good game. Yeah, I... I don't know. I really think the biggest issue there is still Codex of Frailty. Like, it was a rough matchup before Codex of Frailty, but like... Sometimes you're like trying to play the game and then you have to put some garbage attack in your arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't want to play the garbage attack in your arsenal because it gets minus one from the frailty token. And also, Deluxe got back her best arrow and gets a ponder token out of the deal. It's a pretty pretty messed up situation, I feel like. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not playing Icelander. I don't think Icelander is very good in Alexi, at least not the kind of Icelander that I have worked on. You are still technically playing an Ice Hero, though. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is true. I guess the only non-ice hero I've registered at a big tournament is Chain. Oh but yeah, Lexi. Uh, Lexi feels more like Chain than she does like Oldheimer Icelander. I feel like That's where fair. you're just like playing a million cards and threatening a million damage rather than I will carefully disrupt you with my frostbites on your turn, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even like Guardian Stalagmite was a big part of it, or Ice React in Oldheim. Just like I really liked trying to time disruption and maximize its efficiency whereas even if you're playing the ice cards in lexi you're just like here is some disruption and you don't know what your opponent's doing when you disrupt them you're just like here's disruption so we'll see we'll see how the tournament goes um yeah yeah not necessarily my style of deck but i think 
it's probably the best deck. And what's interesting is that I think the traditional orthodoxy on like everybody's view on the meta, like just two weeks ago after the battle hardened results in Richmond, uh, was that old on was just the best deck. Everybody's just like, well, it's just an old time world and we're just living in it. And just slowly, like over the past week, there's just been more and more realization that like Lexi's kind of a problematic deck at the moment. Yeah, I think. I was kind of surprised that Lexi didn't do better at the battle hardened. I think like if you look at Talishar data, she's, I know you, you were a big advocate for Talishar data a while ago. I think she has a winning record into every matchup as of this month. So mm-hmm. I think like Lexi is just fundamentally doing things that are very, very powerful right now and more powerful than what any of the other heroes are capable of right now, I think. But yeah. I don't know. I think like you can definitely like build a deck that's meant to be good against Lexi and you can probably find you can probably find a build that's favored in Lexi of different decks, I think. Like Yeah. Um Usury comes to mind. And but the problem is that like every time I think of a deck that I'm like, ooh, this could be favored into Lexi, you gotta go look at the other end, the other most played deck at the Pro <laughs> Tour, and that's the deck I'm on, which is Mr. Old Man Oldim. And so it's just like the Oldham v. Lexi matchup is kind of skill dependent. It's kind of Lexi draw dependent, but like there's still obviously a lot of skill checks on the Lexi side to make sure she's maximizing the value of all of her hands on each turn cycle and setting up like good late game strategies um, in the event that Oldheim's playing it super defensively. And from the Oldheim side, you just kind of have to pick your moments to meaningfully disrupt Lexi because you can't just let her just punch you a bunch i guess for lack of a better turn or just shoot you with a bunch of arrows because the damage output on lexi is so high that it just completely dwarfs like even old times defensive capabilities so it's on you to like pick spots and like come in with like command and conquer pummels or endless winters or choke slams or something like that and what's still nice about lexi is that she's a ranger and has no blocking equipment really and has a bunch of like cards in her deck that either block for two or zero and if she's blocking with a bunch of arrows that means she's not attacking with those arrows so there's hey new horizon blocks for two lexi can block hey if you want to block for new horizon against me buddy go ahead knock yourself out (laughs) that's one that's one of the weirdest parts about lexi you're like okay i'm at five life can i find a window where i can get my arsenal empty so i can block for two with my new horizon you're doing it you're doing it man (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm not saying my build of Oldheim or the team's build of Oldheim. I should, it, it's really not mine. The team's done way more work on it than I have, uh, is like super favored into Lexi. I think it's about like a coin flip. And then that's kind of what I'm, why I'm playing old him though, is I feel like there's a lot of room for skill expression and I feel like there's no matchup in the game that i'm just gonna sit down and just be like oh man i can't believe i'm playing against this except for maybe bolton but i don't expect a lot of people (laughs) interesting interesting yeah i think i've always felt like oldheim can be at least reasonable into whatever he wants outside of when prism was a deck and i think drumai can be built to beat up oldheim too if the drumais really want to beat oldheim but that's a whole nother conversation that I know you don't believe in yeah, Dromai at yeah. all. So. I mean, if we want to have the Dromai conversation for the millionth time, it's just like, and people are but, like, people think like Dromai is just like, Dromai, I think will be people's expectation for like a dark horse deck where people are like, oh, Dromai's favorite into Oldheim and Lexi. And like, boom, you did it. Boom, easy. Busted deck for the Pro Tour. And like, if either of those statements were true, it would be. Yeah, I, d- I definitely did not solve Dromai and coming into the Pro Tour. I would have loved to. I think Dromai's cool. I think maybe like if less people were playing it and everyone forgot about Dromai to where like, like you know how like you can sideboard cards to be like Kano. If, if Dromai was like that where people were like, no one's going to bring Dromai. I don't need sideboard card. Maybe then you could play Dromai where like nobody in the Some whole tournament is going to play six powered attacks nobody has those anymore these are not even good why would you ever want to attack for six or more damage with a card anyways get those cards out of here i mean that's what the pump spells are for you know you don't need cards that have base six power you just pump them up just rain razors your endless arrow six power boom cannot pop a 
a dragon though. Yeah, but you have to be careful, Michael. In the mirror, you don't want to cast rain razors on your opponent's turn because it will buff their arrows. So okay, yeah, I will. I will keep that. I will keep that very helpful strategic planning in mind. I'm sure that'll help our listener listeners a ton too. Yeah, sometimes you just want to like break a frostbite or something like that because they're giving you a frostbite. Like, oh man, I want to clear it on my opponent's turn. Uh, because I have floating resources from activating Volterra my opponent's turn because uh, Why are you a, doing these things? You gotta but I, now I want to block this <laughs> frostbite. Uh, I had to cast this rain. You could get punished for that line. Just uh, it's, it's just something that I, I think might come up in the Pro Tour. So I would keep an eye out for that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Seems great. Seems like sure a thing to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. So we talked about old time, we talked about Lexi. What else do you expect to show up at the Pro Tour? Azalea, remember her? Remember oh, yeah. good old Azalea? Yeah, you were just, we were just talking about like decks that maybe that could be good against Lexi, but then they also have to beat Oldheim, and beating both Lexi and Oldheim is a very, very big ask because they pull your decks in different directions. I think Azalea has the tools to beat Lexi. Mm-hmm. I do not think Azalea has the tools to beat Oldheim. I think that matchup is atrocious. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think on our internal team testing, I'm undefeated against Azaleas in all the test games I played so far on Oldheim into Lexi. And it's just like... Azalea? Or sorry, into Lexi or Azalea, whatever ranger, <laughs> whatever the dumb rangers are, they just all shoot me with dumb They're arrows. All the They're all the same. And then there's even a third one, maybe that I can't remember the name of. He might exist hypothetically. I hope someone does well at the Pro Tour with Riptide. That would be sick. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, fair enough. Um, yeah. So Azalea is definitely one of those heroes that is fine into Lexi, like you said, and then just can never beat uh old time and you know weirdly what deck i would actually also play i said at the start if you promised me i could never play against alexi i would play uh bolton if you said i would never play against an old in the whole tournament i would probably bring katsu katsu huh yeah because i feel like katsu very similarly to uh azalea just can't beat old you just can't do it he just he just blocks you. He's got ramparts and crowd of seeds floating around for so Kadachis don't mean anything. And you're just like, I'm gonna play my card that combos. And then they're like, Okay, I block. And then you're like, Okay, well, how about this card that has like four power? And Oldham's like, Okay, I'll block. And you're like, Oh, dang, unlucky. What do I do? But against a ranger, you're just like, Here's this card of four power that's gonna threaten to cascade into like forty more damage across the turn if you don't block it. And rangers look at their hand. They have like an arrow and then a bunch of instants and two blocks. And they're like, oh, looks oh, like we're even racing. If they have a hand of, even if they have a hand of all three blocks, what are they going to do? Give your four power thing two cards? Yeah. And then you attack them with your next four plus. power thing. Yeah. So I think the Katsu v. Ranger matchup is, I wouldn't say super favor for Katsu, but like, I think it's like comparable. Like Flick Flack's a hell of a card to bring again uh, to Lexi. Like I think Flick Flack mm-hmm. is like one of the best cards you can be playing into Lexi specifically. And your damage output I think is like comparable to Lexi's. Um Azalea is a bit tougher, but you're gonna get windows against Azalea and I think she actually blocks a little bit worse than Lexi, uh, because she typically doesn't run three of a kind and that's usually how Lexi can bail out like her hands that she's forced to block with. She can just go like three of a kind. I have a five card hand anyways, whatever. Yeah. Azalea also generally has more two blocks than even the ice versions of Lexi because all the pumps or almost all the pumps except that I had melting point block for two and like half a little more than half your deck has to be pumps, I think. So. Yeah. And you're not having two arsenal slots and Azalea. You just get the one because you're not playing new horizon. So I, I think that matchup's been fine in my experience. And then I think across the rest of the field, like you can just, the damage output on Katsu is like significant, assuming that like they're not Oldheim and they just have this wall of defense that just, it just stifles your combo like completely. Um, and honestly, if somebody figured out the Katsu v Oldheim like matchup, I think that could be like, that's the deck I would hope the most like breaks out in the tournament. I would be really excited for a deck like that to come out. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I know you if were you know, to... working on Katsu for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time working on Katsu. Bef- mostly before um, 
the 5k we went to the Rome games thing mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time working on Katsu and then I was like oh no I can't figure it out and then I switched back to Icelander <laughs> and then I worked on Katsu a little bit after that but it ultimately ended up not I actually went like I had a wild ride of what hero I thought I was going to play for a while I was like Katsu and then I was like there was something else that I don't even remember what it was and then it was old time. And then like three days ago, I'm like, nope, Lexi's the deck for me. It was like Icelander and I think Dromai was there for a minute. I think those that were, sounds right. Yeah. Those both sound like heroes I was thinking about playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we both had quite the rides to, to get here. Uh, and that's why, uh, you know, I think, you know, you are obviously expecting to win the Pro Tour. I have no expectations, though. Um I just, I'm just going to say I'm expecting to win the pro tour. Yeah. Yeah. We all know. And, uh, what? <laughs> no, I read the article with star city games that came out today. It's just like, I'm expecting to win the pro tour. I'm Michael Hamilton. I'm the best player in the game. Matt Fox is very bad at the game. Like you're the foil to Matt Fox, right? You're both are becoming the heels of flesh and blood now. Uh, I don't want to be the heel. I just, I just want to play the game. Well, we can't just have one heel because then we'd be one-legged flesh and blood. We got to have two heels, you know. Got to have a stable no. base. No, I'm. <laughs> I don't know if the heels are the stable base in this um context. Okay, if you say so, I'll take your word for it. But uh, I'm not feeling very confident. I'm just going to play old time. And I guess we can move on to the other part of the pro tour after the four rounds are class constructed. There's some draft rounds. How are you feeling about draft? Uh, I think I was feeling good about how much draft preparation I was getting. And then it was like, I think about two weeks ago, you were like, what are you playing class construction? I'm like, uh, and we haven't touched it since like we haven't drafted at all in like two weeks. <laughs> Yep. And then I've been like, I should probably be figuring that out instead of drafting so much. But the drafting is so much fun. I love drafting. <laughs> At least playing the games in the draft. I don't yeah, love the yeah. drafting process. Okay, there that we much, go. Now we're like, in agreement. Okay, cool. Like playing games with limited decks, oh, it's so good. You make so many decisions. All the games are so close. At least they feel close because that's how flesh and blood is. The games just always feel close mm. <laughs> most of the time. Not all my CC games have felt close, but yeah. All the limited games feel close. <laughs> And what's sad is that I don't get like the the double Katsu power up bonus where I could play Katsu and Classic and Direct and then Katsu and Draft and then you get the one point five X damage multiplier, right? Because that's what you did in Icelander. Yeah, yeah, you get stab. Mm-hmm. Same type of attack bonus or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that <laughs> unfortunate. I guess I, I guess I should draft some Rangers if, if that's how that works. Because I'm playing Ranger in CC, so I. Yeah, you get like one point two multiplier, so it's still pretty good, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Because mm-hmm. you get the class uh, consistency at least. Yeah. Guess I'll have to draft Rangers then. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I th- I think I'm I'm pretty sure I'm gonna try to draft whatever signal is sent to me. So I'm hoping that the like I'll get but like a, a third pick bomb of some kind of some hero, and I'll be like, this is the hero I'm supposed to be in. How can you read signals if you don't know the collation, Michael? If you don't know exactly what, what the people on taking next to you in the first two picks. How are you supposed to know what uh, what is open? Well, if you get like a card that is very, very, very good for a specific hero, pick three, then that hero is probably open regardless of what the correlation of the packs are. I don't follow. You have, have to you know. Pass the shakedown. <laughs> no. Have you? Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> but. <laughs> But that is that is the sign. When you get a card like that, you're like, okay, I know where I'm supposed to be. Okay, okay, all right. So you're saying you're supposed to have like an overall knowledge of the strength and power level of cards, and then mm-hmm. use that as the basis for which you make decisions during you this just drafting process without knowing exactly what class cards your opponent took in the first few picks. Didn't we already talk about this a whole bunch in like one or two episodes ago? We talked about it at some point with Zach, but I was less uh, persnickety about it now I'm being... Okay. I'm playing up the heel part a little bit right now because I'm a little bit tired and cranky. 
you did say you got like two hours of sleep last night, right? Yeah, we. You know, you gotta do a lot of work before you can go out and do a lot of a lot of playing. You gotta make sure that all of your reports are all buttoned up, and then you set your out of office uh, outlook alarms, and then you make sure you catch up on all your emails, and then you know you gotta do all that stuff. You know how it goes. That is, that is a lot of stuff to do. I do not know how that goes, but you know, I. I scheduled my game night for next week after I get back. That was my uh, my to-do list. Busy schedule you got over there, Michael. Yep. yep. <laughs> so I still don't believe in Riptide. I'm not a Riptide believer in draft. Did you do you in ever draft. did you ever figure out Riptide in draft? Did you ever see a draft of Riptide and be like, hmm, that seems like a good draft deck? Yeah, I, I, I lost I've lost a couple games to Riptide. And okay. I, that's I, I kind of see it now. Um if I'm drafting Ranger, I am I definitely personally feel more comfortable playing Azalea than Riptide. So I'm more likely to play Azalea than Riptide, but if like it's like traps that are coming and the Riptide cards and I end up with 36 good Riptide cards. I don't know. Maybe I'll play Riptide. That's I also right. might just play Azalea. I like Azalea. I definitely need to practice Azalea more because like I've done like when you're playing Azalea, you have to like track the cards you pitch so you can Azalea into your arrows in the second cycle. And like I've done that on Talishar, but I think it's gonna feel a little bit different doing it in paper. So yeah. Need to need to get a couple of reps of Azalea draft games. So this will come out sometime Friday afternoon before maybe like most i'll try to post it like right before we start drafting so uh i'm just gonna force ninja i'm just gonna take all the back heel kicks i can get my hands on dude i want all the zero blue block threes give them to me give them to me we're gonna kadachi him that's the plan that's the secret busted draft strategy that's nobody's gonna see coming pack one pick one blue back heel kick windmill slam it you did it buddy (laughs) uh Right? Okay. You're on the same page. I know. I learned the strategy. You taught me how to do this. I learned mm-hmm. from Michael Hamilton. I, I learned it from like you, my Dad. Blue, my blue block threes. I've always been a big advocate of blue cards that block for three. And ninjas, in particular, have less options for blue cards that block for three. So the ones that you have access to are quite good. Yeah. It's not like you're I do assassin. not know if I would pick one, pack one, a blue block three, though. It wasn't good for me when I was doing it before I let the whole table know what I was doing. That's why I can't let the whole pro tour draft pod know what I'm doing until you know it's too late. Well, now everyone's gonna know. Everyone's gonna know Saturday. No, they won't. Nobody. Who's gonna like go out Friday night and be like, "Oh, I can't. I can't go out have dinner with you guys. I gotta go and watch the Manor podcast." <laughs> you think you think people are that like that much of a fan of you, Michael? I mean, come on, come on, guy. I think. Um... Putting that information out there before, like sometime on Friday, there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this Friday night. Maybe people that are not at the Pro Tour and share things with people at the Pro Tour. I think there is definitely like, um, if that is actually your plan, I think there is some cost to putting that out into the world. Maybe it won't actually be my plan. Maybe I'll just force Riptide the whole time now. (laughs) I thought you didn't believe in Riptide. Exactly. And I don't believe in Dromai, but that's why I'm actually secretly registering Dromai for Classic Construct and enforcing Riptide and Draft, Michael. You got to throw them off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You got you okay. to duck and weave. That's why you're secretly playing Levia. I'm playing Lexi. Levia. I'm playing Lexi. Le- Levia. We're going to shoot. We're going <laughs> to... We're going to... Activate... We're playing Voltaire Lexi. Spoilers. We're going to activate all of our Voltaire... Fire some arrows, play some three of a kinds and some rain razors and some endless arrows. Pew, pew, pew. Okay. Good times. Yeah, sure, buddy. Codex of Frailty, too. That card you didn't just in. buy a gold, cold foil romping club. Okay, real talk. Mm-hmm. I think Reinar. Wait, you said you were talking about Levia. I'm not playing Levia. Levia sucks. Oh, so you're playing Reinar. Not okay, even, okay, okay, okay. Not sure, even sure, Ethan's sure. playing Levia. So. Yeah. So tell me about your sick Reinar deck, dude. Okay, so you remember how how guardians have the stupid titan's fist weapon now? Mm-hmm. Just you have to pitch a specific blue to swing for four. Robin Club, it doesn't matter what you can pitch a yellow and swing for four. 
You yeah. can have a frostbite, you pitch any blue you swing for four. Yeah, but that's a two-handed weapon. And you know how mm-hmm. Guardians have this other hammer that you can just pitch any blue and swing for four? It's like they're like the same thing. No, but you can pitch yellows with the romp. Oh. If you discard a card first somehow, it swings for five. I don't know how you're going to discard a card and have go again, because that's not a thing that Bruce can do. But it does swing for five. If you you roll the scapskin leathers. You just, you just roll the scapskin leathers, and then you always get two action points because the average okay. is like two, like one and a half, two action points. But you just, you just always get, you just round up the whole time. You forget about rounding down. You just round up all your averages. And you always get two action points, and then you're good to go. You just Scapskins. ask your opponents politely to round up all your dice rolls. Scapskins hitting two action points. Pitching a blue for uh, what's the card called that you discard a card and then draw a card? Savage Feast. Mm-hmm. Scabskins for two into Savage Feast and a Romping Club. That's like a two card, like 11. Wow. That's pretty good. Two card 11. Can you think of any other decks in the format that can two card 11? Codex of Frailty is like a one card eight. It's pretty easy to get to two card 11. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Yeah, but I'm not expecting Reiner to have a big breakout tournament. I don't think so, though. He did win the calling at the last World Championships. Maybe he'll win the calling this weekend. That'd be pretty cool. I would have to see. I, I imagine he just suffers from the same problem he suffered into all of, like the aggro decks before, like five before. Like I imagine Reiner Vilexi has to be like atrocious for Reiner because your damage output is just so much higher than him. While she has disruption, and it's not it's like. Do you think? Lexi's damage output is like comparable to like Stubby Hammer's Fi. Like you talked about it a little while ago, but like it might actually be kind of close. I I think it's comparable because like when Stubby Hammer's Fi was a deck, we were like old time still had Stalagmite and stuff, but we were finding a lot of success as old time into Stubby Hammer's Fi. So I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it probably is. I feel like you also sell to Winner's Whale. To, yeah. Winner's Whale is sure a card. And Pulse of Eisenloft. Did we have Pulse? Yeah. With Stubby Hammer's fine, you 100% have Pulse. Pulse wasn't okay. banned until that fall. Okay. And uh, those were good times where you just got to put your stalagmite in front of their thing. They're like, all right, here's my three pump spells. All my attacks are going to get plus three. And you're like, here's a stalagmite and then they're like oh dang yeah i've been very helpful on all the old him calls over the past week where they're like mm, i need a last slot and i'm like guys i think it's time that we try out this pulse of eisenloft card like i don't know like i think people aren't playing it right now because they just try to cast it as a defense reaction but i don't think you actually want to cast this card you should like just use it to old him's defense reaction like you guys want to try that out and then they're like shut up roger we hate you and then i'm like yeah glad i'm helping <laughs> Oh. that's a day in the life inside the wolf pack sneak peek because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's that documentary coming out i guess so you said azalea you talked about usury what else do you think of we haven't talked about usury we haven't talked about Uzuri. we haven't no. okay maybe you thought we did she just snuck you, in there like a stealthy you assassin her. you mentioned her <laughs> did i yeah, it was the first hero when we were talking about decks that were like stretched between trying to beat Lexi and trying to beat Oldheim, or maybe uh, you could beat Lexi and not Oldheim. Right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, Uzuri can't beat Oldheim either. Like, sure, she might be able to beat some Oldheims depending on builds, but like, I think the matchup over is like still favor for Oldheim overall. Like, she's not a hero that can never beat Oldheim. Like, it's just not the case, but it's just a hero that like, way more often than not will not beat an old time yeah I, I think if we see usury do well it'll be something completely different from what we've seen before with like a very solid plan into old time because like the current usury builds that are out there don't like they can be old times that don't know the matchup but once the old times have played against usury a little bit it doesn't really seem feasible yeah at least that was my experience so i think like needing to find a whole new plan to be old time with usury and that's I don't know. I could see Usury doing well if someone finds it. Yeah. 
what about uh let's hear talk about a briar resurgence everybody like Tarek put out the tier list and he put briar and like a tier and some people are like oh it's time to bust out the briar she's time to get rosetta thorn banned do you think rosetta thorn will be banned by the end of the weekend uh so she has she has two attempts to get it banned with the pro tour and the calling i would give it more than like a 10 percent chance like if i was like able to place a a bet on more than 10 percent I would give it more than 10%, but that it wins one of the two tournaments. That's I would not go percentage. I wouldn't go way higher than that. But so I think Briar is significantly favored in old time and reasonably behind Lexi. So you just like need the bracket to work out where you don't play into too many Lexis and you get to face all the old times because Briar pretty good against old time now. Yeah. And then you can play the other room blade, Viscerai, where you're like significantly favored in old time, but can never beat like the Rangers. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to talk about Viscerai too much because... That's the other secret team deck. Yeah. <laughs> I was on Team Viscerai. I was there. I was right... I was inside the the trenches with Zach. Think theory crafting, th- coming up with tech, trying to mm-hmm. figure out any world and way where we could make it feel like we could hope to coin flip into Lexi. And uh, they thought maybe there was a chance... And uh, I could never pers- – like, I think I'm like 0-8 in that matchup, it, like Viscerai v. Lexi, and I was just like, this is not the deck for me, and I, I put it down. Yeah, that's that's why I put Old Time down. I was like 0-8 into Lexi, and that's why I jumped ship. Yeah. I could not do it. <laughs> for what it's worth, I think like our team's builds of all of our decks are like – very good and it's been really rewarding working with them yeah yeah i i really love working with the wolf pack i think like i i am very happy with our builds for all three heroes i think i would be comfortable well i mean I, i'm playing lexi because i think it's the best of the three and i think i will do the best by playing lexi compared to playing the other two but i i think for all three heroes we have very solid builds for all three yeah i want to say the best builds possible i'm not very confident in that at all but i think we did a good job and i'm pretty happy with the results we do have a couple of uh lone wolves i guess not a couple of decks a few stragglers um but to each their own yeah that that kind of like that's gonna happen when you have a team as big as the wolf pack where like not everyone's gonna agree on everything and even if they do they're like i, I would rather do this or something so yeah like that was kind of me a few times playing icelander i think i was the only one on I wasn't the only one playing Icelander, but like, um, I feel like yeah, everyone I tried else a lot that of Icelander, like the past made, week. I almost played made, Icelander. Uh, up different like choices. I, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, okay. I don't know. It's very easy you know to secret, just be doing your own thing. What my secret Icelander tech was going to be if I kept with what, it? What was your secret Icelander tech going to be? To a hundred percent win against the rangers aetherize i don't know what that card does it counters target instant with cost one or less so you counter their rain raisers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how much they competently attack one? you no yeah yeah it costs one but it's a blue it's an instant so you can cast it from wherever they confidently attack you with their bolton shot from arsenal and mm-hmm. you're like oh no blocks and they're like aha i am big brain i'm going to give my bolton shot plus power with this rain razors and you're like oh no 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 this is going to be countered (laughs) and then they lose the turn they can't flick up their air their arsenal card they just ip themselves for like a million damage and they lose the game on the spot and you go (laughs) that's how i envision in my head at least Mm mm-hmm in reality, they're just going to play like three of a kind, and you're going to look at the Aetherize in your hand as they're attacking you just like five power right, well, arrows, and you're just like, oh, I can't block because I have this instant that doesn't block. You're like, here is my Heat Seeker with Go again. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, dang, that would be a nice one to be able to block when my card doesn't block. Yeah. I think if Lexi was on like eight instants, like if they played like Rain Razors, they wanted a lot of Lightning Press effects, maybe some Art of Wars. I don't um that kind of stuff like or and they were like also were relying on their blink 
you can counter their oasis respites too if they were like on that for like to like really uh-huh. get you back um but that's not the world we live in and i don't think okay. three targets for my counter spell is enough targets in their deck so i agree i, don't, I do not think three targets is enough targets i played blink in my lexi list in like a year ago it's like uh a card you can play when you need to get more action points to get past Arclight Sentinel. Yeah, dude, it's sick against Arclight Sentinel, but like, uh, there's not a lot of Arclight Sentinels floating around, unfortunately and fortunately, yeah. depending on who you ask. Give, give it a couple months. It'll be back. No, it's a Prism specialization. I guess if they specifically remake a Prism, but like, I can't imagine. Oh, they're going to give us a non-Prism Light Illusionist, so there's no more Arclight Sentinel. That's so smart. That's a good idea. Yeah, I would. Is I Herald would... of Erudition also a Prism specialization? Yes. Oh, perfect. Yeah. The biggest two annoying cards out of light. light. Yeah, if you think about it, like if you just take away Luminaris, um, Arclight Sentinel, and uh, Herald of Erudition, like those are like the three reasons to play Prism. Like everything else was just kind of built around that package. I guess Haze Bending was, was Haze Bending sure a card. Haze Bending was only empowered by like the fact that you had so much value from your auras from Luminaris and sure, like sure. you were getting so much value throughout like everything else. I guess the other big value was to like, was I guess, but that's also built into Luminaris was like the one for seven light illu- or illusionist attacks. Like it felt so good pitching a yellow and coming in with like red war tune herald. And then uh, what's the other one from Everfest? Miraging metamorph. Miraging metamorph. If you just like three card 14 with go again, that felt real good. I miss doing that play so much. It was so good. And then like, you can, you can three card, you can three card 13 with Dunebreaker Breaker, and Emmerma Senapai off a of blue pitch. It's still there. You can still do it. It's basically the same. Yeah, but then uh, <laughs> so I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna give us another prism. I think it'll be something else. I think that you can keep the spectre auras overall. Like I think, oh, like in a vacuum, like if you don't print more spectre auras and you just kind of keep that tight little package of them, I think mm-hmm. they're fine. Um, it'll like it's not a design space that I think they'll they're even looking to open up a lot more with like more four cost light spectra auras it's just not something i would keep doing because it just doesn't seem super fun for a lot of people um but i guess we'll see who knows we're getting the first spoilers at the banquet from dusk of dawn are you excited about that uh i'm very focused on this tournament and i i don't know it'll be cool to see what they share with us but mostly just ready for the tournament this weekend yeah and we have a nice dinner date booked with james white on friday right no we don't no man you would think <laughs> you would think he would have reached out to to you by now I mean, like michael you're the world champion let's get dinner Let, we got to talk about you designing your your card for flesh and blood and we got to talk about how we're gonna make you the poster child of the game we're gonna put your face on the boxes and we're gonna actually rename <sighs> it to hamilton and blood hamilton and bodie so bad <laughs> we could do we could have been the h and b podcast the whole time the hab uh, i'm not happy with that the hennaba hennaba <laughs> and don't forget next time everybody you're playing flesh and blood <laughs> okay i think we're starting to go a little off the rails again now huh all right, limited. You were talking about limited, um, and then we—I derailed it into wherever we got. Back so into limited. class constructed. Limited. We got, we got the two rangers. You like your three block ninja decks. What about assassins? You gonna play any assassins in the pro tour? They're there. I feel like assassins so over. Like I would play draft. Like honestly, if like assassins open at my pod, sure, I'm fine with it. But like everybody effing all the time just wants to draft nothing but usury and like like uh, arachne the whole time. They're just like, oh, I gotta take all the assassin cards now. And it's like, what do you? Okay, sure, uh, all right. You everybody at the pod thinks that, and then like. The, the ninjas just go off on their own and then the rangers go off on their own. And there's like usually just four assassins at a pod, like pretty consistently. And then everybody else is just happy. 
Yeah, it, it, it kind of I feel like it's been that way kind of consistently in this game where the heroes that are at their best in, or the best sealed heroes generally are like significantly overdrafted. Like we saw it in Tales of Aria where Briar was the best by far in sealed. And then like at both Cincinnati and the the other limited calling that we didn't play in, Briar was just like super overdrafted. We saw Old Heim win the 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 first limited calling in a pod with one Old Heim and like five Briars. Or <laughs> that was sick. That was that was a good deck. <laughs> the, and at Cincinnati, I think it was better. Briar was still pretty heavily drafted. Mm-hmm. And then um, in Uprising, Phi was by far the best in Sealed. We saw Phi like, be by far, by far the best Sealed hero and the most consistent. And then in draft, Phi was like pretty overdrafted to the point where people were like, forcing Phi is the best. You should always play Phi no matter what. But that's just like, that's just like not, <laughs> not the case where like, the other heroes are both very good. I think Icelander is super good in that draft format, obviously. And Fi was fine. He was the best in sealed, but just fine in draft. And you could have some pretty crazy Fi decks if nobody was drafting Fi, but if there were three or four Fives at your pod, your deck was not very likely, not going to be that good. Yeah. Especially four. So I think Assassins are in the same spot. Uzuri was the best hero in sealed by pretty noticeable amount. And I think I kind of think people um, over account for that in their drafting and yeah, are kind of like, it's always it, like, it's not safe to be an usury. If there's four assassins at your table, your deck's going to be bad. You're going to lose to the ninjas. You're going to lose to the Rangers. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it is what it is at that point. But like I said, I, 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 I metagame for draft. Like I, I like, I don't want to play assassin because I feel like it's going to be so overdrafted. If that's not the case and it appears open, I'll try my best to read the signal somehow without knowing the collation of the packs. But yeah, at the end of the day, I just want to draft my seat. Yeah. I think, um, I'm really hoping to get a strong signal to be ninja or ranger kind of early in pack one where someone passes what I consider a very good ninja or ranger card. And I can just be, cruising in my lane the rest of the time and being content drafting that whatever the people to the right of me say they do not want to be but if i th- if assassin seems open i'm happy to draft assassin too i just that has not been my experience so far that it's been reasonably open so i toyed with this strategy in our last draft pod actually and i might try it again and like if we do some practice drafts for the, for the pro tour and that's sabotage drafting where like you send a signal early, where it's just like, oh yeah, here have a shakedown or something like a very strong signal to be in a hero, and then you are, like pe- passing left, and then you just mm-hmm. take all the cards for that class and like for the rest of, like the draft for the rest of that pack, and you just like and they're like, oh well, I still have the super strong card, and they then then like coming back, you'll be a little bit weaker, but then pack three, like the distribution of the heroes should work out such that your like the first hero in that seat, hopefully. And you just completely ruin like the next two to people, two to three people's draft, like behind you at that point. Yeah. If drafting like that is a perfect way to make sure the players to your, the the two or three players to your right and not to your left are winning the pod because your deck's going to be worse than it would be if you were in the same class, as the person to your left and their decks are going to be worse. So like, that's a great way to make sure the person to your right wins the pot or help the person to your right win the pot. I don't think the person to my right won the pot in that draft. I think I won the pot in that draft. So in general, like if, if you're in the same hero as your neighbor, that's pretty bad for both of you. It's worse the player on the left because they're getting two pot, two packs of the worst thing happening and you're getting one pack of the bad packs. Um, if you're the only two he- players in that hero it's still going to be fine you'll be you'll be okay but the it, it's really kind of sketchy if someone like two or three seats down from you also ends up in that hero then you're just like your deck's going to be pretty bad then if there's just three people in your hero and your pack two is going to be awful because the person next to you is in it yeah so that that can be it can be fine to do that if you like maybe in your first pack you pass a really good ninja card and then your second pack or your second pack, you pass a really good ninja card. And then the third pack, you're like, there's another really good ninja card here. Maybe I'm just supposed to be a ninja. Then you can move in. And sometimes you and the person next to you are be the only two ninjas. That's fine. But, yeah. But moral of the story is uh, don't sit to my left on draft. Maybe. 
but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it out. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, test the waters in some practice drafts we have lined up before the pro tour and, and see how it goes. And if it winds up being real bad, uh, you know, I'll, I'll come off it. But like the old sabotage draft and outsiders, that feels like a, it feels very on theme for the set. You know, you lay the, you you actually make the draft itself a trap. Yeah. The the biggest thing though, like hurting your neighbors doesn't really help you very much. Sure, Cause like so you're hurting worse. just like hate draft. You're hurting game. one, <laughs> you're hurting one of seven opponents, which like, sure. Like your average opponent's going to be slightly worse because this one of your seven opponents is worse, but like that's someone you're not even going to play until round three, the person to your next three team because of how, how drafting goes. So like, the people that are like next to you, you're only one in four to play against them basically, because you can only play one of the four people that is next to you or the seats three away from you on each side. So like in one in four drafts, you will play against this person basically. And if their deck's bad and your deck's good, you probably will never play against them because they're going to be at least one, one or Oh two. And you'll be hopefully two Oh, but possibly one, one. So like, I don't know. It just, I think sabotaging or hate drafting and stuff like that is something that is not actually very useful to do in a game because it's like, it's like in Mario Kart, you'd rather have a mushroom than a shell because no. you'd rather get, boost yourself. You don't care about hurting one of the random 12 other players. In Mario Kart, you want a fucking rubber band. You want to like be last place. Yeah, until yeah, like the yeah. last you lap, be last... and then you fucking throw all the blue turtle shells, and then you <laughs> no, cruise on first. Blue, you got to the throw, blue turtle yeah. shells suck. They they hurt the person in first. You're in last. That doesn't even affect but you. But if I hurt the person, person in first enough, I'll catch up. And you know, or you could just get like a bullet bill and a star, and you'll be in first because you got no, two no, no, broken no, 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 things no, no, that helped no, no, you. No. You you you, you, uh, you clearly don't know how to play Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, Once again, off the rails, huh? Just trying to give, give solid strategy advice using the best the best metaphors. Reference point I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It's kind of like picking Blaine into Lorelei. Like you're just gonna have a bad time. If you're hot, you're hot. Yeah, that is very true. Any final words before we wrap up the podcast, then, Michael? Man. I am very ready to be at the pro tour play in the games. I feel like I've been like real stressed about choosing my deck and trying to make sure that I have the best chance I can to do as well as I can. And like, ultimately it's a game and I'm really appreciative. I get the opportunity to play it, play it, play in big tournaments for this game that I love, but that's sometimes hard to remember when you're in the weeds of it. You're like, I got it. I got to figure everything out. That's yeah. So I hope everyone else is doing maybe a better job than I have. (laughs) for this time of remembering it's a it's we're all here to have fun we're all playing a game we love and it's awesome that we get to play a game we love for high state high stakes with a great organized play system yeah couldn't have said it any better myself so i won't attempt to so the next time you're playing flesh and blood for high stakes and a great organized play system always remember to mind your manners thanks for watching